ghosts seem harder to please than we are. It is as though they haunted for haunting's sake, much as we relive, brood, and smolder over our pasts. Elizabeth Bowen Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Violin Vice Podcast. I'm John John. And I'm Audie. Hello there. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, but with the mouse clicking and not actual punching, because that could be dangerous and painful. And if you haven't already as well, hit some five stars. Spread our weirdness to more people. Let others know. Plus, I mean, who doesn't want to get five stars? It's pretty great. And write a review. Maybe you agree with some stuff. Maybe you have some ideas. All of that's right there and available for you. And we'd love to hear from you. It would be great. Now, Audie, I am going to try and creep you out a little bit. I can't wait. I love this. So I'm going to be drastically more comfortable since I'm the one reading it and I won't be scarred for days to come because you aren't. So hopefully that'll be the case. I doubt that though. I doubt it too, but I'm still excited nonetheless because spooky stories. Today it's going to be about a particular ghost that is well known throughout most of southern United States, Mexico, or Central America region called La Llorona. Ooh, and yeah. it's spooky season too. I'm so excited. I know. Now, as a little synopsis, if you don't know who La Llorona is, she's also known as the Wailing Woman, the Weeping Woman, or the Crier, which as ghosts are tending to do but the story is is that like the legend says that a woman was unloved by her husband who loved their daughter and son instead she caught her husband with another woman and drowned both of her children in a river in grief and anger and then drowned herself because she felt so sad and angry at herself and she was refused entry to heaven until she found the souls of her children. She cries and wails and takes children, and once she realizes they aren't her own, she drowns them in the same river where she and her children drowned. That's one version. Another one was that she was tricked by a demon who told her that her children's souls were lost, but that she would be granted entry to heaven if she found the souls and brought them to heaven where they belonged. The demon knew that her children's souls were already in heaven and that the woman would be stuck in the land of the living, trying to find her children forever, crying constantly for the sin she had committed. 
After a long time without finding her children, her grief and desperation to just be able to die and be at peace caused her to start taking other children's souls by drowning. And the last variation is that a beautiful young woman named Maria lived in a rural village. She came from a poor family, but was known around her village for her beauty and grace. One day, an extremely wealthy nobleman was riding through her village and stopped in his tracks. He had traveled all over the world and had never seen anyone as beautiful as Maria. He was mesmerized by her. He knew that he had to win her heart. Maria was easily charmed by him, and he was charmed by her beauty, so when he proposed to her, she immediately accepted. Eventually the two married, and Maria gave birth to two kids. Her husband was always traveling, and he stopped spending time with his family. When he came home, he only paid attention to the children, and as time passed, Maria could tell that her husband was falling out of love with her because she was getting old. One day he returned to the village with a younger woman, and bid his children farewell, ignoring Maria. Maria, angry and hurt, took her children to a river, drowned them in rage. She realized what she had done and searched for them, but the river had already carried them away. Days later, when her husband came back and asked about the children, Maria started weeping and said that she had drowned them. Her husband was furious and said that she could not be with him unless she found their children. She drowned herself, knowing what she had done. Now she spends eternity looking for her lost children in hell. She is always heard weeping for her children, earning her the name La Llorona, which means the weeping woman. It is said that if you hear her crying, you are to run the opposite way. If you hear her cries... They could bring misfortune or even death. Many parents in Latin America tell this story to scare the children from staying out too late. All three versions are rather sad. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's not known as the happy woman. No, the weeping woman makes sense. But the consistency is that she does end up drowning her two children, whether it's because she was tricked whether it's just because she was unloved or, well, maybe if it was just because she was being ignored by her husband. Yeah, which is still the unloved. <laughs> yeah, it is. But these stories go back all the way to like the 16th century when there were still like Spanish conquistadors trying to take control over Mexico. So a lot of... I'd say the modern Latin Americas would have either heard of or know somebody who has heard stories much like these. So, what would you say if such things may have real stories behind them, Audie? I think she's a very interesting haunting, because she's not like, she's a like post- poltergeisty haunting but not really for a certain area just like all over because mm-hmm. most like ghostly activities are either like a memory where it's just repeating scenes that they had the poltergeist which is like the noisy interactive intelligent spirits or the demonic which have never taken a human form and is more like possessing and like annabelle and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. i think she's a very interesting 
ghost because she's not stuck to one specific spot. Yeah. And she has powers of drowning others. Yeah, and in some particular versions, it's a specific river where she takes them to, but in the other ones, not so much, which kind of leads to this a group of stories of her possible appearances throughout the southern U.S. So, Audie, are you ready to be freaked out? So ready. <laughs> Three spook, five me, please. All right. This first one is untitled at the moment, and it was submitted by Brian in Colorado on October 2008. La Llorona woke me up once when I was camping at Indian Falls Rapids on the Yampa River in Colorado when I was 15. I walked with her to a cabin and there was a man in the bed. All I saw was his foot, but when she yelled at me to run, I did. If I didn't smash my toe on the rock, I would have run off the cliff into the Indian Falls Rapids. I saw an article in this month's Mountain Gazette about her and looked her up on the internet. My experience was 21 years ago. The end. Short little blurb. So she warned him about the intruder in the tent? Uh, no, this was just a hut uh, in a, like a cabin near a cliff. And she tried tricking him into jumping off of this cliff into the running river below. And since he smashed his toe, he was able to kind of collect where he was running instead of just full instinct bolting yeah got it yeah okay makes sense also not as fun reddit names this time nope none of these are from reddit oh sad day but so this will be still good (laughs) Mm -hmm. this one is called a kansas tale the person has withheld both their name and location Submitted in August 2006. Double mystery. Ooh, I know. Ooh. Recently, while working as a copy editor for a newspaper, I came across a wire story about the La Llorona. That brought back memories of what happened to me when I was a student at Kansas State University in the early 1980s in Manhattan, Kansas, not New York, and led me to this website where I read more about the legend. One evening I went to a mobile home that I seemed to remember being near a creek or river to visit a couple of my friends who also were attending Kansas State. As I walked into the door I found them sitting on the sofa looking somewhat freaked out. They explained that just moments earlier one of the bar stools was spinning and hopping around. As they were Mexican-Americans, they wondered whether the La Llorona had anything to do with that incident. They explained the legend to me as I had never heard it before. They would invite me to stay the night in a spare bedroom, which I did. Later in the night, a woman appeared to me, lay next to me in bed, and asked if I would know where her children were. It seemed that while I may have been dreaming, I was half awake. Then I fully awoke and looked up toward the doorway just in time to see a dark figure seemingly looking at me 
and then quickly ducking back out of the doorway. Right then, that left me too scared to go check and see if that was one of my friends checking in on me, perhaps to see why I was talking in my sleep or something. I went back to sleep and waited until the morning to ask them if either one of them looked into my room during the night. Neither one did. So to this day, I do not know whether I really did experience a supernatural visit or if my dream and mine played tricks on me. The end. Hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. Hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Kind of plays into that sleep paralysis story as well. It does. And, like, just talking about it and then dreaming about it is very creepy. It is crazy creepy. So, hoo hmm hmm Are you creeped out yet? I am. Ooh. Very creepy. <laughs> This next one is called A Bizarre Coincidence of La Llorona, submitted by Tonya Apilar of Eureka, California, in November 2005. When I was in seventh grade, I had a frightening dream. I saw myself standing on a dark road with the only illumination coming from a dim streetlight. The ground was wet, and in the distance... I could hear the sound of rain falling and the tap, tap, tapping of footsteps coming toward me. Peering into the darkness, I could make out a woman, dressed all in black, with a dark, lacy veil covering her face, moving toward me. Strangely, as the mysterious woman grew closer, so did the rain. When the woman was about 15 feet in front of me, she looked over my shoulder. I turned around to see what she was looking at. I saw a young child dressed in a white nightgown, playing with a doll in the middle of a puddle of water. When I turned back to her, she was right in front of me. The veil was lifted. Her eyes were abnormally wide, and her face was no more than three inches away from mine. Her terrifying eyes stared into mine, dead, until I woke in a panic. I looked toward the window. It was raining. As you can imagine, I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The next day, I shook off the dream and thought nothing more about it until a year later. On that night, I was spending the night with my friend Veronica, who had also invited another friend named Sarah. In the course of the evening, Sarah, who is Hispanic, began to tell us some of the legends and ghost stories of the Mexican culture. When she began to tell the tale of La Llorona, I didn't think anything of it at first. Then she began to tell of how the legendary spirit travels by water, dressed all in black or white. It is almost always seen wearing a veil. Sarah continued by telling us that La Llorona lifts her veil only to her victims, that in their afterlife she has chosen to help her find the bones of her lost children. Now, I constantly wonder if, in my afterlife, I will be forced to help her find the bones of her lost children. The end. That one's creepy, but it kind of sounds like a mix of La Llorona and the White Lady. A little bit. And I mean, like, the White Lady is probably, like, an offshoot of La Llorona. 
or like vice versa, but that's another common type of ghost. Mm-hmm. And then the kid, it could be a black eyed kid. Could have been. Could have been. Could have been. But creepy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. This next story is called La Llorona in Mexico. Submitted by Daisy Calderon. Daisy is now 12 years old and truly believes that La Llorona is real. No location. My story of La Llorona takes place in Mexico. When I was eight years old, when my abuelita, or grandma, told me to go to the store to buy soda, this was during the evening as we were getting ready to eat supper. My brother and I left for the store, and along the way we heard wailing, but we didn't pay much attention to it. However, as we continued on, we saw a young woman walking towards us. All of a sudden, my little brother started to cry, and the woman ran toward him, acting as if she was going to get him. When we saw that she was floating instead of walking, we began to run back to our house and told our grandmother and mom what had happened. We just locked the door and started to pray to God to help us and make La Llorona go away. The end. So, I'm guessing that Daisy is probably traumatized. Probably. Mm-hmm. And her little, little brother. This next one's called An Attack by the Weeping Woman by Emily Ortiz. When I was about eight years old, I had just started becoming interested in all things paranormal. I was researching La Llorona when all of a sudden I heard a noise. So I decided to check it out. Then I heard it again. It sounded like it was coming from the bathroom. So I walked in and stopped at the sink. Then all of a sudden, my head was pushed into the sink and the water started to run. The sink finally filled all the way and I was trying to breathe. Then I couldn't breathe anymore. I thought I was going to die of lack of oxygen. So I screamed and my mom came in. She pulled my head out of a struggle and hugged me tightly. She knew I wouldn't drown myself, so she started thinking. Then she froze, and her face turned white. She screamed and almost fainted. I asked her what was wrong, and she said with a stutter, La Llorona. The end. So it doesn't even have to be outside. No, that's creepy. It would have been a bit more creepy if the mom would have saw her, but oh, that's still creepy. Oh, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. All right. This next one is just this author's story of La Llorona. It's by Reverend Elizabeth Kirkwood. At the age of seven, I was, pre- I was attending the new Pajarito School in the South Valley of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I loved attending the Pajarito School. 
especially when it was time to play outside in the schoolyard. Surrounding the playground was a high fence to keep the children from wandering off. Behind the fence was an irrigation ditch that fed an alfalfa field on the other side of the trench. In the high, arid land surrounding Albuquerque, it seemed as if there were ditches everywhere, watering the fields beyond the city. Soon, we met a little boy who was not yet old enough to attend school. He would often come and play by the fence and watch as the older children frolicked in the schoolyard. But one day our play was interrupted by a big commotion near the schoolyard fence. As we ran towards the fence, we soon discovered that the little boy had fallen into the irrigation ditch. Though one of our teachers pulled the boy from the muddy water and began resuscitation efforts, it was too late. That was the first time I had ever experienced the loss of a friend. The next day at school, one of the children told me that La Llorona had gotten the boy. I could only stand there speechless, having never heard of La Llorona. They explained that she was the ditch lady that wandered up and down the ditches looking for little kids to steal because her own children had drowned in a terrible accident. That frightened me because right outside my own back door were two of these muddy trenches. On cloudy days, we could imagine her ascending from the heavens to take her place along the irrigation ditches. The end. So it didn't exactly happen to her, but that probably wasn't great for the boy. No, and I mean, a coping me mechanism to deal with grief for mm -hmm. loss of a friend. Yeah, it is... That, that's just hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That one was more sad than scary. Yeah. Well, this next one is called That Scared Me. That Scared Me. Sorry, Jada's barking. <laughs> I know, we're telling spooky stories and then I bark out of nowhere. Yeah. Oof. More bloopers. Actually, I'm going to leave that one in. No! Yeah. <laughs> okay. the listeners. Ooh. Okay. Well, this next one is called My Mom's Bedroom Window. It was submitted by Brandy in June of 2005, who lives in Santa Fe. My mom lived in the same house in Santa Fe, New Mexico for almost 50 years. When she was about 12 or so, she and her cousin were sitting in her bedroom, which was later to be mine, at night in the middle of winter. It had been snowing. At one point they heard a noise outside the window. When they looked, there was a woman standing there, dressed all in white and crying. My mom and her cousin were obviously a little freaked out, and they ran out of the room to tell her mom. Her parents went outside to investigate, but found no footprints in the freshly fallen snow. They came back inside and told her what they found, or rather, what they didn't find. That scared my mom even more, and she was afraid to go back in her room. 
when I was about 11, I was sitting in my bedroom in the same house my mom grew up in by myself at night in the middle of winter and it had been snowing. I heard a noise outside my window. I'm afraid of the dark, so I didn't check to see what it was. I just left the room and did something else for a while. When I told my mom about it, she told me the story. She said it was La Llorona outside the window both of those nights. The end. Spanning across generations. Ooh. In the same room, same house, same place, same situation. Yeah. Creepy. Well, like, so do you remember the old, old house, the brown one? Mm-hmm. And I I don't remember if this was actually a thing or something that we imagined, but, like, behind Gabby's dresser, there was, like, a hole in our wall. Do you remember that at all? I don't remember that. Oh. Well, I thought there was, and then I thought I remember you guys, like, creeping me out, saying, like, oh, that's where... This monster, like, pulls little children in or something just to, like, oh. freak me out and tease me. And, because, hmm. that, like, that's, like, where Manta Dog usually, like, popped up was, because Gabby had her Dalmatian in front of her dresser right there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that. And, like, that kind of reminded me, because I'm like, oh, you know, that's an old bedroom where stuff happened and I got scared. <laughs> hmm Really creepy stuff. Which... Brings us to this next story called Cries in the Night. This was submitted by Adriana of Houston, Texas. Very spooky. When I was 12 years old in 1991, my parents separated and my mother moved me and my brother to Monterrey, Mexico. Or Monterrey. In the winter, all three of us would sleep in the same room because there was no central heating, only electric heaters. There were two beds for my mother and brother. I slept on the floor in a sleeping bag next to my mother's bed. One night, around 2.30 in the morning, I woke up because I had been dreaming about my great-grandma. She kept calling my name, three times to be exact. Just a few minutes later, I heard the scariest screams coming from down the street. It was horrible. The cries continued, each time coming closer. I was so horrified that I could not even wake my mother, who was laying right next to me. I was so scared. I did not even blink. It was the most evil cry I have ever heard. Finally, it passed my house and slowly faded away. The next day I told my mother, you know, I didn't believe in stuff like this, especially not La Llorona. After that night, I do. The end. So not even a sighting, but terrifying fear in Mexico. Yeah. Who? I mean, what else could make something like that of a noise? Wild animals that are hurt, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. And now we come to the last story. Ooh. This one is called, Did I Really See La Llorona? 
and this is submitted by Nissi of Lompoc, California. I don't think anybody has ever heard of the city that I live in, in the suburbs of a small valley town called Lompoc, California. Well, the story of La Llorona that I know was that she was a prostitute, and every time she would have a child, she would take it to a creek and drown it. Before long, she was murdered by one of her customers and sentenced by God to wander the rivers and streets of the world looking for her children. La Llorona became so upset that she cried and cried, eventually drying her eyes out, leaving two black holes where her eyes once were, and her mouth grew incredibly large, resembling that of a horse. The legend continues that if she heard a child crying, she would come for them thinking it was one of her own. When I was a child of eight children, my family would warn us that La Llorona was outside waiting. During the day, we might cry when we heard this, but as the sun started to die, we were too scared to even walk alone through the house, thinking she might have heard us and was waiting in a dark corner. One night, when I was about eight years old, I was terribly angry at my mom, and she made me sleep with her that night. However, I was so upset that I couldn't sleep, and La Llorona was the last thing on my mind. However, as I tossed and turned, I looked to the foot of the bed, and there stood a lady in a black dress with purple trim. She had two black holes where her eyes should have been, and an enormous grin on her face. She had long, straight black hair that looked like it was blowing in the wind. The weird part was that I wasn't scared. I just sat up in bed, staring at her for a good five minutes. When she wouldn't go away, I finally got tired and fell asleep. It wasn't until the next morning that I got scared and strange things seemed to happen to me in that house ever since. This house is said to be built over an old Indian Spanish cemetery. The end. Yeah. So, if you don't like your kids crying a whole lot, tell them that if La Llorona hears them crying, she'll take them away. Yeah. Oh, creepy. Uh-huh. Very creepy. And you do get the full variation of the white and the black dresses, all with like a some sort of veil type thing. Yeah. So, just kind of going into that a little bit, I I think I was kind of confused because I thought the white lady also killed people, but the white lady is just a ghost that usually, like, replays, like, her jilted, like, love stories, like, where her husband died or she died in childbirth or whatnot. The red lady is the one that kills the lovers that, like, cheated on them or was abusive or whatnot. Oh. 
Well, that makes more sense. If you're wearing red, that usually implies violence yeah. of sorts. Yeah. So, apparently there's a lot of lady ghosts that are either in black, red, or white dresses. Yeah. Yeah. So, no matter what, if you see something that's floating off the ground in a dress, probably stay away. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Especially so around water. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, are you creeped out? I am Disturbed? I mean, mm. Jada barking and then the cat under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little freaked out, but it's all right. Good. I'm getting some slight payback for the torture over the last couple weeks. Oh, I cannot wait to tell you what I'm going to tell for the Halloween episode. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So, because you're not supposed to say the initials, it'll be HTD and PTD, which you'll find out later. But it they are great. Oh, you're creeping me out already. I know. I had the upper hand and lost it so quickly. I know. This will be a spooktacular season, so we're just going to tell scary stories throughout all of October, and I can't wait. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Audie, do you want people to suggest things? And if you do, where do you want them to send that? So if you guys want to email us, you can email us at vileandvice at gmail.com. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. If you want to support us and listen to more spooky content where I torture John John with some spooky stories like you just heard tonight, except me telling them, you can do that at patreon.com backslash vice. That's www.patreon.com backslash v-i-l-e-a-n-d-b-i-c-e no ampersands here no and there's more than just the scary stories you don't have to encourage her doing more and more of those things you could listen to bloopers and other things that are funny instead scary stories are a lot of fun and you guys can follow us on facebook and instagram at violent vice podcast or tweet at us on Twitter at Violent Vice. So we really, really appreciate it. And we can't wait to creep you out on more episodes of this month in October, Spooktober, uh, with you guys listening to us. So can't wait for next week, guys. Super spoopy. Super spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we have. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good night. Try to sleep well. I might not. Yep. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.